Tim. I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk about what we've been watching, and then we're going to go into our final key frames of the year, or of the podcast, potentially. I can see us coming back and doing another one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to talk about my pick, which is Fight Club. Uh, and we might also talk about some film news in between those two things. But before we do all that, we are at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmers.com has all previous 198 plus bonus episodes with full show notes. So you can skip over the spoiler and other things that you don't want to hear. There's also a support store that you can buy merchandise and donate to the network through. So please check that out. And... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Midwest uh, Feedback at MidwestFilmLink.com. Right there. Let us know what you think of the show and the things that we talk about. Uh, so three housekeeping things. Westworld FM is now out in full force. Uh, you may have noticed that an episode of it made its way into your feed. If you follow the Midwest Film Nerds, gone to Texas. Uh, and I did not put it in Game Nerds. I should have, but I didn't. Um, so please, uh, give it a listen, check it out. If you haven't watched the show yet, I'm going to talk about it and what we've been watching a little bit, but Nick and I also have the first, uh, recap episode up as well. So please go check it out. You can find the show for free too now. Like it's online for free for anybody. Oh really? I think so. The yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah, the pilot's online for okay. anybody. Like I think it's, I think it's some sort of like free preview online yeah. that HBO is doing right Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Every, everyone should go check it out. And then if you like it, you can pay the $15 or whatever to get HBO now and watch mm-hmm. the show. And then you can listen to us and it'll make us happy. Mm-hmm. So please check that out. Uh, another thing, I sent out a survey to some select people uh, about talking to us via Skype on October 15th, which is a Saturday, uh, October 15th, Eastern, uh, Eastern Daylight Time. So, uh, if you would like to partake in that and you have not heard from us as of yet, please let me know. The schedule is shaping up. Uh, so let me know and I'll send you the, the link and you can fill the thing out and we'll put you where we can get you and check that out. And with that note, that is for episode 200 and episode 200 is going to come out the Wednesday after the 15th. So there will not be an episode of the Midwest film. There's next week. Uh, there may be an episode of something else, potentially, maybe, 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 not. I don't know. but, we'll see. uh, but, uh, look back on the Wednesday after the 15th, whatever that Wednesday may be. Cause I don't have anything with a calendar in front of me right now. Uh, that would be the 19th Wednesday, the 19th will be our 200th, uh, episode and our last episode, uh, before we enter our working hiatus. Yeah. For a while, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not dying. We are not dying. No, we're yeah. I've been to the doctor in a while, but <laughs> I think we're okay. For, for all we know, we are not dying. <laughs> but check soon. back in later. If you listen to Westworld and something that Tim and Willie are going to talk about, yeah, uh, then you may know whether or not we die. <laughs> yeah. Or I would assume if we do one of us, we'll mention it on one of the podcasts. Hopefully, yeah. That's why you need to subscribe to the Midwest Game Nerds Westworld FM. Keep up with our health. <laughs> Keep up with, with our health and whether or not we are living by following those podcasts. Uh, yeah, But Westworld FM, I don't, I don't know if I said it. It's out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and TuneIn Radio. And um, Westworld.fm is the is the website. We are Westworld.fm on Twitter and Westworld.fm at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to have you along for that show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, right now, do you guys want to talk about your, your project that is in the works a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned it 
couple weeks ago, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Willie and I have been working on something. Uh, people may have noticed a peculiar instance that I noticed when we were going through what we've been watching a couple weeks ago, and that Tim and Willie watched two or three of the same movies, <laughs> two or three the same, same movie. like time from the same with yeah from the same year, but with no real. Like, it wasn't like 2015. It was like 1990, 1999, 1999. which is we were talking today, which is funny because the movie we're talking about today is from 1999. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So it fits perfectly. Yes, it does. So what are you guys working on? Um, it's a show called it's called Horror Movie Yearbook, and what it is is we're going to be as of right now we are picking just years in movies so random year random year um the first one we have lined up is 1999 right now um so we're gonna be taking a look at movies like the blair witch six Sense, audition um stuff like that so if you're interested in listening to that you should watch those three movies so but what you guys are doing is you're talking about not only the movies that came out the horror movies that came out that year but kind of how they were influenced by that period of of time that right like what's going on that is making these horror movies yeah kind of, the th- context around them i think that's uh, hopefully what's uh, what's going to set us apart from um you know other there's a lot of really good quality horror stuff out there podcast wise but i think it's going to set us apart because I, what i what i think is the most interesting tim came up with this because concept i thought was great um is that we're going to be kind of digging into having fun with but digging into you know what were people afraid of at that point in time that inspired somebody living in that that year to make something like this you know um how does the blair witch project relate to the internet age you know what i mean things like that just what was in the zeitgeist right right to uh exactly yeah that that the fears that that filmmakers could prey on in order sure. to make an effective horror movie at the time. So yeah, and, and and you know they won't be standard. You know we won't be reviewing the movie necessarily, but we'll be talking about our feelings on the movies and yeah. And uh, we're gonna play some games. We're gonna yes. have some have a little fun. I would describe it like the thing that popped into my head was like the VH1 I love the blank yeah. mixed with like horror movies. Yeah, that's so cool. that's how I would pitch it. All right, like yeah. that's my elevator pitch as the people in the sales. <laughs> there you go. Say. There yeah. you go. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. We will definitely put at least the first episode in as many of the feeds as we can, uh, just to, to draw attention to the show. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, if you have any horror questions or thoughts or anything that you want to do, email, mm. <laughs> sorry, horror movie yearbook at gmail.com horror movie yearbook at horror gmail.com movie yearbook. It's also, they're also on Twitter. It's hm yearbook at hm yearbook because go. twitter's silly well yeah twi- yeah it's hard to get a good twitter handle nowadays. it is it is I, I i i just wouldn't let me have that many in my handle yeah i think yeah, yeah. so yeah so keep an eye out for that uh and uh yeah it'll be fun yeah looking forward great. to it it's it's gonna be a strange journey i'm excited to be able to listen to a podcast by the midwest podcast network without having any creative control over it. Oh my God. Yeah, be afraid. It's going to be good. <laughs> and not be because they're horror movies. <laughs> For entirely different It might reasons. be my own horror night now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, be like, oh my God, am I associated with this? <laughs> yeah. Why did we let... Think, yeah, well, it's, it'll be a little bit like the Fight the Franchise, I guess. Yeah. In that sense. I, and yeah. That's, that's kind of what we... Yeah. Kinda. Less drinking. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, good. I can't promise Less, we won't. Not, it will not none, turn into the end of, if anybody listened to the Leprechaun episode, <laughs> it will not be. No, like no, no, no. Don't do that. People like that, I'm sure. <laughs> that will not be a standard Don't push episode. them away. 
right. it won't be a standard episode but um but no i th- yeah i'm excited for it depends I, on if that year has particularly good <laughs> movies to watch yeah <laughs> i was looking through a few recently just kind of prepping and there's a few that might be rough. Yeah. I was going to say, we're going to be just a heads up. We'll focus on like 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s as okay. of right now. We will. We, so if you have any suggestions. I want to like see 1927 or we something We might dip like into that, that eventually. Like get, yeah. get way back. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. Let us get our, our sea legs yeah, about us absolutely. before we start venturing out into the 30s and stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we might just end up reviewing Leprechaun again. It, it, actually, hey, it could pop possible. up. It could pop up again. If you don't review it, you're going to talk about it in that <laughs> year that it came out in 1990. No. Uh, Leprechaun was like 93, wasn't it? 93, 94? Yeah. It was pre-Friends. Yeah. Pre-Friends. Yeah. yeah. So. Pre, pre-us having friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, boy. Almost pre-me. Yeah? Alex, you, kill, Almost. you kill me. Oh, we baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, with all that being said, it's time to go into what we've been watching. Tim. Oh. What have you been watching? Um, 40 minutes of Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. How was that? Um, better. No, 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 no. That 40 minutes, was it because you had to turn it off or because you... I, I put it in on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock, okay. which is usually right. my bedtime so on asleep. a Sunday. And right. I fell asleep. It was fine. <laughs> um, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. I, I like Pride and Prejudice. I yeah. recently just read it for the first time. Okay. So um, I did not read it in high school, which I think is kind of standard. Maybe in American high schools, not in Gaylord. Uh, not in mine. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I didn't it's standard it. for like people with good education. Right. But we didn't get those. We went to public school, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So There's no Detroit Country Day going on <laughs> no. around here. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It, it wasn't as annoying as it. Like when I first heard of it, like I thought, ugh. <laughs> and then, the z- zombies or normal Pride and Prejudice? Um, no, sorry, sorry. The zombies, okay, like the combo, okay. the combo yeah. of the two, because it's one of those things like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what a stupid mashup. Mm-hmm. It but, was the, oh, hey, these things are popular now. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. It, but I don't know. It's fine. It was kind of fun. I watched <laughs> it and it wasn't, it wasn't, it pl- what worked about this is it played it straight. This is 40 minutes of a movie I reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is what you have to look forward in horror movie yearbook. <laughs> yeah. We're going to review the first 20 minutes or something. I, I used to have an idea. Like I was going to start, yeah, like start writing. I still might do it. Start writing articles of like 20 minutes of movies I watched on the TV. <laughs> oh, Speculate man. about where you think it's going to yeah, end. Just start making up. That's, making up that's, a, that's a great idea. If you could fit that into 140 characters, that is a Twitter account <laughs> waiting to happen. Um, so yeah, it, it plays it straight. Which is which is kind of the way to go, I think, with this. It, it's basically a horror. It's basically a mashup of horror movies and Pride and Prejudice. But there's no winking at the camera. There's no joking. It's just zombies have attacked the characters of Pride and Prejudice. Interesting. So it's it's it seemed fine. Um, then I watched uh, the whole. Oh my god! I forgot. I watched something else too. Um, <laughs> Thirty one, and I watched uh, Everybody Wants Some, the new newest Richard Linklater film. Yeah. Um. It, I liked it a lot, like way more than I expected to. Uh, these are the type of Linklater movies I tend to like. Yeah. Um, like the Days and Confused type, mm-hmm. um, a little more than his experimental stuff. Although I eh, I do like a lot of those too. Um, yeah. But this is, it's about a baseball team in the summer of, I think like 80, 81. Um, I don't remember the exact time frame. It has the 
most bitchin' soundtrack of the year. <laughs> like it's all classic rock. That's from awesome. Like 79, 80, 81. And it's really like I've seen um, charges of misogyny thrown out at this movie. Hmm. And if there, if we, if we have female listeners and you have seen it, let me know. Like, I would like to hear your thoughts on this. I didn't take it that way because you're every, a white guy. I am a white guy. <laughs> and to be fair, this is a movie about mostly like it's, it's yeah. a male centric movie mm-hmm. about 18 to 22 year olds. And I don't know if anybody remembers being 1822, you're horny all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're away Especially in the 80s. Especially in the 80s. And there wasn't any internet. And the movie is called Everybody Wants Some. <laughs> and the women in the movie, like, they want to have sex too. It's just, it's not told from their point of view. Yeah. So you get less of that. And what I liked about this, and a little more than I expected to, is you, you hear a movie like, oh, God, college baseball team. <laughs> partying and trying to score chicks all the time yeah and you kind of go do do we need another one of these but everybody in the movie is so much fun to hang out with like they're just and it's really really good natured um and it it kind of the music in it just it takes you on a journey because they they jump around from like it, it follows them throughout a week, I think. Okay. And they do, they go from like party to party and they go to like a punk party and they go to a, uh, a party hosted by drama kids. And it's amazing. <laughs> it, like watching them. And, um, the dude from expendables three, um, he's, he's on the, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yes. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. He, yeah, Dolph Lundgren is in this. He plays an 18 to 22 year old. Oh, uh, he's a sophomore pitcher and no, um, he's in the new crew. The crew that sings um the sings that old man look at my life at the end of everybody yeah. wants some he's in the new crew and he he plays essentially like a, he's kind of like a philosopher okay. and like he is amazing in this movie. like he's so much fun in this movie so um I would heartily recommend that I would not heartily recommend the other movie I watched but I did like it and that's Rob Zombie's Thirty One <laughs> the the latest the latest from one Mister Zombie um. Said you were a zombie. I couldn't really. It's one of those things with Rob, where I this this one was more annoying than the other. I can never figure out like why. It's about carnies, I see, I think, and but they're all carnies. <laughs> you think <laughs> they're all carnies in like their forties and fifties, and it, but they. It's just so weird because they were kidnapped by um, Malcolm McDowell in a in a wig. Okay. Um, and, Sounds like a Rob Zombie movie. And, and, uh, they're kidnapped by him. And they're forced to. It's essentially the Running Man. They're forced to. I think it's called Murder World, if I recall. <laughs> and they're forced to try to survive all these different killers that Malcolm McDowell in his uh, powdered wig has assembled. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, like, I think these should be. Like, I think there should be at least a kid or two in this. And I almost think like Sherry was obvious supposed to be playing again. Um, but it's loud. Um, it's a Rob Zombie movie. It's not his worst movie. I still had fun with it, but it's one of those things. It's almost like a Rob Zombie album at this point, or like an album of a band you like. You just kind of, like you've got used to the notes, so mm-hmm. you kind of even enjoy when they're just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And I was sitting there going like I, like I was disappointed. I liked it. 
because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a good movie and I don't it's not even close to his best I don't even think it's his best of his recent movies so it's probably along the lines of House of a Thousand Corpses if everybody's seen that so um, I don't recommend that alright well, if you want there's a little preview of the 2016 episode of Horror Movie Yearbook <laughs> There are other movies that will be included there. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen it, and I can tell you that. All right, Willie, what have you been watching? Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. In like less than 48 hours. <laughs> I've watched one episode. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I don't, I... I and let me just say really quick, to interrupt you guys as many times as I possibly can. Yeah, go for it, Trump. <laughs> uh, I... I don't. I don't like non-film nerds. Alex not seeing and watching everything with urgency. Mm. I don't feel the need to chew through thirteen episodes of Luke Cage. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in weeks. It's weird, right? <laughs> what is going on with me? It's strange. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. keep going. No, 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 you're good. Um, I tried to like set a rule for myself this time around. Like, I'm not gonna watch them all in the first week. I and that's I I after this I quickly realized that. That's just the way it's gonna be with those shows. Yeah. From now on, because Iron, if I if I did this for Luke Cage, Iron Fist is gonna be yeah, a real Iron problem. Fist is, you're yeah. gonna be done. You're gonna watch those all at once. Probably Friday. Thirteen episodes. I'm probably gonna TVs. be up at three in the morning when they come out. And start. Yeah. Um, the best way to watch a show. <laughs> Delirious. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just a fever dream. Um, Luke Cage is 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 a good show. Um, it falls into some of the similar issues that I've had with the previous, all of the previous Marvel Netflix shows in that I think it's a few episodes too long. I think that these seasons should be like 10 episodes and not 13. Yeah. Um, unless you have the story for 13. Yeah. If you get the story for 13, go for it. I don't feel like any of them so far have. I feel like they've just... Maybe Daredevil Season 1 had enough to last 13 because there's a lot going on there with the origin of Kingpin and all that. They're yeah. all an hour long too, aren't they? Or, yeah, they, anywhere or do from, they vary? Anywhere from 45 oh, to okay. an hour. So yeah. it does... It's With Netflix, they can just make them whatever damn length they want. Yeah. Really, so. Which is kind of cool. But um, I just burped. It was disgusting. <laughs> <clears throat> I had Burger King onion rings before I came, so I needed to turn away. So if away. you can smell that on your end, I everybody. need to turn away from you guys before <laughs> I... Um, I apologize. Um, it's, so it's a good show. All the performances are like top-notch. Like um, some of the best... Perfor- actually, the best cast, I think, overall out of any of these shows. Mm-hmm. So if there are any failings, it is not because of this cast. Because like Mike Coulter is... Like, He's a star. One of the most charismatic people i've ever seen on screen yeah like i instantly was like this guy's the coolest mm-hmm. um i fell in love with him he's awesome mm-hmm. yeah so did i um rosario dawson is back um which is, i don't think is a spoiler she's on no. all the posters that, i mean that casting news sure yeah. um and this is the best she's been on these shows i think she's she's got a bit more to do this time around and i, I like her character i think she's a cool character mm-hmm. um i'm liking seeing her pop up on each of these shows and have little bit parts here she's like the colson of this yeah um, but not as in your, like she feel like it makes, I don't know. It She's feels natural there. Yeah. It just like, it doesn't feel like they're shoehorning a character in. It feels like she naturally is progressing from one show and one story to the next. So works for me. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's April. I think it's Mahershala. I think Ali. so. I, yeah. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, as Cornell, Cottonmouth. Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes. <laughs> um, he's really good. He's really, really good. 
Um, which is tough because he's following up D'Onofrio, yeah. um, who stellar as Kingpin, and um, David, David Tennant. Tennant as Kilgrave from Jessica Jones, who's even better. Yeah. Um, so is he as good as those two? No, but that's not the fault of the performance, once again. It's more that I feel like it's hard to find a villain for Luke Cage that feels like a legitimate threat because yeah. Luke Cage is like his Invincible. whole, he's unbreakable. <laughs> you cannot hurt him, you know? Um, and obviously they find ways to put him in danger, but so that, that was a bit of a drawback, but he's a cool character. And when they're able to dig a little bit into his backstory, that's when he, he really gets kind of even more interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Alfred Woodard's awesome as, as uh, black Mariah. Oh, she's the girl whose kid died. She's not playing the same character. Uh. So there are two <laughs> Alfred Woodards in the MCU. Yeah. For those who don't know, Alfred Woodward played a very small part in uh, Captain America Civil War. The, yeah. the, the woman who uh, tells Tony about her son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who says she works for the state, which is funny because this character also works for the state, but <laughs> yeah. is not the same character. <laughs> they got to be twins, right? I, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm, actually, I'm actually cool with that. Actually, that doesn't make any sense either. No. When, you, when you watch Luke Cage, it wouldn't. So, there's just two. There's there's two Alfred Woodards running around. I like to think she came from an alternate universe. Like yeah. there's two of like she's like, like a, she's yeah, the six one a different Mariah Dillon. Yeah. Um, she's really good too. But yeah, anyway, the whole cast is great. I'm not going to sit here. And, um, overall, though, it, it suffers from a bit of the with all of these Marvel Netflix shows, with the exception of season one of Daredevil, because that that one I think it was just you were so psyched to see what they were going to do with it that I think it. The first few episodes always are slow getting into the story, I feel like, with these yeah. shows. And that's okay. I mean, I'm okay with being eased into it. I enjoyed the first few episodes, but I don't feel like they get the ball really rolling until a few in. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's the same when it comes to that. Um, it also, like the other Marvel Netflix shows, has some subplots that don't really go anywhere. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, is that? that was here for padding. Um, and it does have um, some wonkiness in terms of uh, some of the writing. Some of the writing is kind of just kind of goofy and overly superhero-y, which sounds weird. But I, they're trying to kind of like make these ones like the dirty street level guys. So when it gets like kind of into that like overly superhero vibe, it kind of you kind of go, oh, holy shit, this is a superhero show. That's right, you know. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing in most circumstances, but with with the, I think what they're trying to accomplish with like Luke Cage getting weirdly superheroy towards like towards the third act of the sh- of the season. There's moments where I go, this feels kind of out of place with what they've set up. You know what yeah. I mean? They've, I don't know. So that can be a little bit distracting. But overall, I enjoyed it. The soundtrack's insane. Someone put a, <clears throat> someone put together like a 180 song playlist. It's insane. That's really awesome. Cool. It's yeah. It's they insane. had Raphael Sadiq in the yeah yeah. They have a lot of live performances one. on the show. Oh, yeah. I like that, dude. It's you'll love it. Like <laughs> okay. like and it's like every. I mean, it's like you know, rap, hip hop. Um, there's some R and B. There's like soul singers on there. Uh, they do like every, I mean they they run the gamut. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um and and uh and there's an original song that's now on YouTube that you can listen to. Sweet. Written for the show, uh, performed by Method Man, awesome. about Luke Cage. So <laughs> check that out on YouTube. Beautiful. Is it as good as his Sour Patch Kids song? Um, it's close. It's close. Method, Method Man. Have you seen it? Nope. He loves Sour Patch Kids so much <laughs> that he created his own music video advertisement for them. <laughs> and he really like made a rap song about Sour Patch Kids. He just wanted a bunch of free Sour Patch Kids. I think so. Yeah. And I, that, I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love sharing that story, sir. It's amazing. So it's check all, out It's check all out about Cage. cooperation between brands. That's, <laughs> that's what it's all about, guys. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, what did you watch, Alex? So I did watch that first episode of Luke Cage. Uh, okay. I'm very intrigued. I'm excited to watch more. Uh, there was a there. I sent a text to Willie about a thing that happens uh, concerning a certain character uh, whose name is mentioned uh, in, in, in this first episode. And so I'm excited to see if anything comes that Willie just kind of laughed and didn't say anything. And then I saw somebody post something on Facebook earlier this day, this day today. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, and, and he said something that made me think that maybe my, uh, my hopes and dreams will come true, but, uh, but I don't want to say anything just to not ruin the surprise, but I did watch a show called Westworld on HBO. Um, it's probably one of my favorite television pilots of all time. I am so geeked for this show now. And I'm worried because I know that there are critics out there that have gotten the first uh, four episodes to watch. Mm -hmm. And some of them have come off a little differently than where my expectations are right now. Right. So I'm hoping that we don't get a quick steep drop off uh, with the show. But I, I don't know. It's it's such a unique, different show that I think wherever it heads, I think it'll be an interesting journey for me to be on. There's uh, there's some really beautiful direction throughout the whole thing, which is Jonathan Nolan, so that's fantastic. They've got some good directors coming up, too. I know Neil Marshall's doing one. Neil Marshall's oh. doing one. Vincenzo Natale's doing one. Yep. Ed Brubaker wrote an episode with Jonathan Nolan. So there's all kinds of like crazy, awesome, creative people working behind the show. Let's 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 get down to brass tacks here, though. All right, how's the Ed Harris? Ed Harris is phenomenal. Okay, phenomenal. That's, that's all I need to hear. It's it's always great to see Ed Harris and him in this role is so much fun. Ugh. I like the mustache is twirling, man. Oh, it's, it's it, I don't even know if he has a mustache in the show, but does it's he play certainly a villain? Twirling. It's some oh, kind no of villain. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't really know. He has he has kind of villainous esque. Uh, mannerisms then. <laughs> there, it's uh, <laughs> he's he's definitely some kind of antagonistic force. We think I, I, at this point in the show, who knows who's good and bad? It's very it's very, and that's some one of the things that I love about yeah, it right now. That's cool. And it doesn't feel like it's being ambiguous for the sake of being ambiguous. I think it's just very carefully laying out the puzzle pieces, and you cannot put the the whole picture together yet. And that's it's great. That's Sweet. awesome. Visually fantastic. Um, and yeah, if you want to hear more of my thoughts, go check out Westworld FM in your favorite podcast thing of choice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you ever seen um, Ed Harris in uh, George Romero's Creep Show? No. And he does a really good dance. Yeah? Yeah, you should see it. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll show it, it to you We later. should put together a compilation of great horror dances. Yes, we should. should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror. We should. Horror. Horror dances. <laughs> we should. That's Happy Halloween idea. from Horror Movie Yearbook. Yeah. There you go. Dance your buns off. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. You're invited to the dance. Oh, yeah. We should host a Horror Movie Yearbook dance there you at go. a high school gym. That's a great idea. Yeah. Spike the punch. Yeah, <laughs> get a little crazy. Invite yeah. Ed. <laughs> Tell Ed to come on out and cut a cut a rug with us. This we could probably get that girl that does the robot dance. We could probably get Crispin Glover. We could probably get Glover. Yeah. He, pot, yeah. Oh my god! If you put that song on, what if he just like instantly was like he like stared out at the horizon like oh my god and he just there you go. It is. Oh. I can't go. even. I can't even do an impression of it. Cause no, well, there's get, no way to do that. We could get Feldman too. We could get Feldman. <laughs> Who? Corey, oh, Feldman. Feldman. Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. You can make up for that fiasco on the Today Show. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say real quick, though, I feel kind of bad for Corey. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't feel like he's, like, out of all the celebrity, like, people that get mocked, like the Britney Spears or the Lindsay Lohans and all that stuff, like, I like Corey, Corey didn't really do anything to deserve it. Well, did he? Did, did know, he do anything but shitty? You know what? Like, he's not big enough to warrant the reaction that he got out of that, but at the same time, it's it's made such a splash. Like, yeah. I mean, it, good for him because honestly, it's probably helping it, the situation. It, well, uh, yeah, if you're of the mind that you know all any all press for, is yeah. good press, that it, that certainly is working to his advantage. But it's such a if if anybody's unaware, Corey Feldman did a musical performance on the Today Show within the past couple weeks, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting <laughs> it's weird it's i mean it's a weird the it, whole thing is weird like why was he there in the first place yeah well, well number one why is he there in the first place number two like what about like how does he think that he can like i feel like he's trying to step into the ring with like skrillex and justin bieber like i don't i don't get it yeah no it's odd i mean the whole thing is strange don't get me wrong i'm yeah. not i'm not it wasn't gonna, even the kathy lee hour no, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't even in the part where the hosts are drunk of the Today Show. <laughs> no, it was like it was like Prime Today Show. Yeah, like it was like when they'd have like Carrie Underwood come on and yep. perform. It's very strange. Yeah, it's a strange choice. I mean, the whole thing is weird. I mean, and I watched it. I was yeah. uncomfortable most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, do we need to be this mean about no. it? No, you know, like no. like I've seen worse from people who are still like y- yes. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. But well, now that since we're in film news, yeah, <laughs> there's a few Disney remakes coming. Uh-huh. The first of which, well, I don't know. I don't. In terms, the first that got announced was uh, John Favreau, director of this year's Jungle Book, mm-hmm. will be directing The Lion King, quote unquote, live action movie. Which is impossible. <laughs> this doesn't exist. It's. I, I mean, they could. I went and saw the Broadway show on yeah. Broadway this year, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was so good. So they could do that. I mean that. <laughs> I, that they can I, just film that. But the, uh, I think the implication is that that's not what they're going to do. Yeah, because there the, were no human characters in Lion King, right? No, there's zero. No, there's not one. The thing is, with like like even, to be fair, jo- the, the new Jungle Book, which I loved, is barely a live action film too. Yeah, I mean barely. Like a barely. Like there's one live person in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean the whole movie. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of the interesting thing is like, has there been a movie that features all CG that has like been shot in real life i feel like they're gonna like this is gonna be like a first because i like on a, it's gonna be cg like, you're not gonna have like really gonna have lions running around on set like all the time you can't do that uh, no and, and uh, hyenas just lounging about the set well, there was I a horse in detroit this weekend i don't know if you heard about that or not but what? there was a horse that was on the loose much like the lion that we spoke about Oh, the tiger! Uh, uh, the tiger, yeah. many years ago, two a uh, year ago, uh, but there was a horse that was loose. In cool. Detroit. So just come here, just shoot it here, right? And it's basically the same conditions. Oh, can you imagine Lion King in Detroit? You <laughs> sweet. No, it's. I think it's going to be really interesting now that I'm actually processing the implications about it. Like I was like, okay, this is cool. I don't get it, but it's cool. I'm mean, I'm down. Like I, I'm not angry about it. It yeah. is what it is. I think he'll I, do a good job with it. Yeah. And I love um, The Lion King, but... Yeah. Tim, any thoughts on The Lion King? I mean, if I guess, now that I think about it, if you're going to remake The Lion King, this way, this way is fine. Like, it's, I mean, I guess you can't really remake it, but it's better than maybe making a sequel. 
Yeah, they tried that a couple times, right? Yeah, there's a few. They always, yeah, like. like well, and there's one even and like a there's even like a like a like a girl meets world to it too. I think there's one called the Lion Guard. Yeah, and it's like his daughter or something. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know. Okay. They've tried that kind of, but it's all direct-to-video. There's never any like right, big right. attempt. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I like John Favreau, and I think this is, I think he, I think this is kind of his sweet spot a lot of the time, too. Yeah. This and movies like Swingers and Chef I thought was good, too. Um, but kind of like kids' movies and mid, mid-range movies. Um, uh, sure. I like the yeah. music. Is There's no is and, my boy Elton gonna be back. And, well, they said that they're going to use those songs, obviously, because that's yeah. I have a feeling it's to. gonna be more like the way it was used in Jungle Book, though, where it's like few and far between, and it's mostly Maybe. background. Uh, like like, the, I don't, I don't see the CG animals singing. Yeah, Hokusuna and Matata will definitely be in it. It's got that's got because be. you can work that in. <laughs> yeah. They're just gonna have Nathan Lane as he gonna reprise his role. See, that's the thing too. Is so you're essentially remaking. A hand-drawn animated movie with a CG animated movie. Yeah. Photorealistic, I would assume, is probably what it's yeah. going to be. But CG. So, like, how do you how do you do this? Like, if you cast Nathan Lane, then you, what's the point? Because you're not doing anything new with it. Yeah. But if you don't cast Nathan Lane, like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> you're like, like, Jeremy Irons, this is going to be a problem. Like, yeah. who do you get to play Scar? You know? That's a good point. Somebody said Tom Hiddleston, he'd probably be pretty good. But, like... What do you what do you do? I yeah. don't know. Like it's James Earl Jones from Mufasa. You know, it, like here's the problem: is that the world encouraged Disney to make these things by seeing Maleficent and mm-hmm. Cinderella and the Lion or uh, Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. Meanwhile, there is some reason to bring those, like bringing those to life, has some impact. This one, yeah. But th- like this one is very much. A look at what we can do with effects, which I don't begrudge them at all. I do think it's a really interesting idea, but it is a whole different beast <laughs> uh, from from those other ones. I think the problem there for me is that at least with like a Maleficent or an Alice in Wonderland, which is really the one that kicked things off. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. It's a different interpretation of that story. So, yes, it's live action. And yes, they're incorporating elements from the Disney. It's a version they're borrowing from the Disney version of these stories, clearly. Yeah. But Maleficent's a different take on that. I don't know yeah. if you guys have seen it, but it's it's actually really good. But it's a different take on that story. Alice in Wonderland's a different take on that story. Even Jungle Book, to a certain degree, is a different take on that story. Plus, when you're doing stuff like Cinderella or um, if they were to do like a remake of Sleeping Beauty, like, well, I guess Maleficent's kind of... But you know what I mean. Like the older ones, mm-hmm. like, like let's say like a Snow White like remake yeah. done in the Disney style. Those are much older, yeah. so I think that's part of it too. Not yeah. only are they different interpretations, but there's so much gap between in time. With Lion King, I mean, technically it's been forever since Lion King came out, but Lion King is just, it's an odd choice I, to me personally, as is the other one that's coming up, Mulan, Yeah, which is another one where I'm like, why? So we've got a Mulan coming in, in 2018, I think is the uh, the time frame. Yep, that, and then that Beauty announced. and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is out next year on my birthday, I think. Which is literally, from what I understand, a shot-for-shot remake of the animated movie. Which, like, like every song, every scene, the dialogue's the same. It's just with real people. That's it. They literally are refilm, uh, like, uh, which sounds ridiculous when I say it. They're like shooting. See, but here's the thing: is that they're they're very much speaking to an audience of kids that maybe 
look at the animation of those old Disney movies and are like, man, that's old. That's an old movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like that, I'm. If you would have thrown uh, Cinderella or no Sleeping Beauty on when I was a kid, I probably would have been like, man, this looks old. Yeah, I don't care about right. this. <laughs> There's, there's, they're, they're being smart. I mean, these are all making money. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing is that I think it's, it's I was like young Alex. <laughs> I don't like angry that. at no one in yeah, particular. Young Alex, <laughs> young Alex has no depth to his taste. I don't like this. Only, <laughs> if it's not the past, who cares? Uh, so it's. I guess the, the the point that I've just arrived at is that maybe this movie isn't for us. <laughs> They're not making this movie aimed at us. Oh, haven't sure. we come to that conclusion a few times on the podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think the older we get, the more we're going <laughs> to... It's going to become less about like... like I, like, I'm past the point of being angry about stuff now. Like, I've already gotten past that. Now I'm now I'm starting You're to just bewildered. Now, yeah. Now I just go why? why? Though? Yeah. Now I question things. Eventually, I'm just going to accept them and move yeah. on. I think that yeah, and I think the business. Uh, the business decision I get. Yeah. I like, I completely understand what you're saying there. I think the, yeah, the disappointment is more of the creative side of things. Yeah. Like you could, you could still make a lot of money telling a different yeah. story. If that's the way beauty and the beast is going to go. Um, and we don't really know. It's not, I mean, Cinderella, right. Cinderella, uh, Amy was disappointed on our episode because yeah, Cinderella yeah. was not that different from any other Cinderella. And we liked story. that though. We liked it very yeah. much. I'm somebody who didn't really... I, I don't think I've ever seen the animated Cinderella. I have seen the animated Beauty and the Beast, but I'm wondering if they'll be able to bring... Like The part of me that wants to see that movie is it wants to see if that magic is still there in, in a live-action form. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and I loved the parts of Cinderella that reminded me of the cartoon. Which Absolutely. Like, I thought, like, oh, how awesome. Like, this is this is a live-action version of it. I, I was blown away. Yeah. Maybe I lo- love these movies. That's It's entirely possible. I've still not watched Mulan. Oh, you've never seen Mulan? I've never seen Mulan. You've sang it in karaoke. I've sang it in karaoke. I'm very excited to watch <laughs> Donny Osmond sing I'll Make a Man Out of You <laughs> I don't think screen. he's going to be in this. There's, a like, a 100% chance of it, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by uh, Disney's choices in the past, <laughs> but yeah, I you know, it's uh, can you I'm, imagine? <laughs> an all be like what he was the guy in the original movie. We can't take it away. It's from like an him. all Asian cast and Donny <laughs> Osmond, and no one explains why he's. Oh my god, it'd be so good. Oh, but I I'm I'm curious to see how they turn out. It's just that's. That's absolutely what it is, is is seeing them try to bring that magic to the live action. And with this case of of, of Lion King, it is now uh, a morbid curiosity of like what what is this going to be? Like why how do you feel? How does this movie take shape? And, I just want like a documentary of how they film it. Yeah, pretty much. Do they just like have people run around with tennis balls in the jungle? <laughs> That's the thing is that do they got like well Ben Kingsley was already in oh they do motion capture stuff like, now yeah like, oh so my gosh that's I guess that's part of it too is like you know I I just feel like this is I I, I hate I, I don't want to be one I'm not normally blah, 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 blah. I'm not normally one of those guys who like is a Disney ranter where I'm mm-hmm. like Disney's taking over the world like yeah. I don't care but well, I mean they are <laughs> but I don't care um <laughs> fine uh but the thing is. 
Disney's kind of they're like they're using Game Genie right now, in my opinion. <laughs> like they're like they're they're putting in the cheat code, which it's working for them. So I mean, good for you. Like they're 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 winning, but they're kind of taking the fun out of it, in my opinion. Like like the only stuff I feel like that Disney does lately, it's it's Star Wars, Marvel remakes well, of their own movies. But at the same time, think about something like uh, Wreck It Ralph. And sure. they've got the Wreck-It Ralph and the Zootopia and stuff like that. Those things are still coming out, but they definitely had a difficult time getting the animation. Animation had a very rough transition to mm-hmm. modern day filmmaking. I liked a lot of their late like animation, their hand drawn stuff. Yeah, I I still haven't watched uh, the Princess and the Frog. I really like that. Movie. I don't know where that came and like the. It's probably all digitally made, but there might be some hand drawn stuff. No, I think it, it's. I think it was. Was legit. it all? Hand- I think that was kind of their. Thing. That was like their last like the last fully like hand drawn. Pretty kind of sure. Thing. So I like that, and who really talks about that movie that much anymore? Like nobody. Yeah. That's the thing is that nobody. People were talking about Pixar movies the way that they were talking about Lion King and Beauty and mm-hmm. the Beast. Yeah, that's, true. that's what that's true. happened. And that's why that change happened. And so Disney is not only really smart in that they're buying things like Star Wars and Marvel that are going to continue making them money, but they've now also gotten over that hump of figuring out what can we do for the next couple of years that will continue to make us money. Mm-hmm. And God, they've got a lot of movies to go back through. So it's interesting. Once they hit like, I'm trying to think of the low. Atlantis, point. the Lost Empire. Then that's once the one they remake Atlantis, <laughs> yeah. Once they remake Atlantis, I think we can go. Okay, it's time to move on. Stop it. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah. And once they hit, yeah, like once we get another Tarzan remake, but with the Phil Collins. Actually, I would watch that. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's Col- probably the way to go. Phil I Collins didn't see Tarzan, as Tarzan. I saw Warcraft. Yeah, you did see Warcraft. <laughs> We won't talk about that now. Uh, We'll save that for episode 200, maybe. I don't know. I like that. That'll also be in the horror movie yearbook 2016. (laughs) No. Anyway. Disney movies. Phil Collins as Tarzan, 2018. Let's do it. That's really all. Phil Collins as Tarzan. Tarzan. Okay. (laughs) The only thing that would make me watch Legend of Tarzan again is if somebody edited all the Phil Phil Collins music into it. That'd be so fucking sweet. And I think there are some YouTube videos of that out there. I know they did a trailer. As soon as the trailer came out, yeah. yeah, People started doing that, but... I wanna know. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Like, after that movie came out, I remember going back and listening to that stuff and being like, God. We performed that in choir in high school. The entire Tarzan soundtrack. That's beautiful. It was pretty good. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to get into our film review. This week's Keyframes was my pick, and it's david fincher's fight club yeah the imdb synopsis says an insomniac office worker looking for a way to change his life crosses paths with a devil may care soap maker forming an underground fight club that evolves into something much much more this movie stars brad pitt ed norton meatloaf (laughs) helena bottom carter tim's favorite jared leto i forgot he was in this until (laughs) until you saw him yeah um okay that's okay. Things happen to him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is my pick. And I will say up front here, uh, this is my personal plea to everybody out here. Do not listen to this if you have not watched this movie. As I said last year, or last episode, this is one movie that you will never get your first viewing of back, ever. Once you know what is going on in this movie... 
It is ruined for you. Please do not listen past this point if you do not want to be spoiled on this movie. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be spoiled on this movie. No, if you've never seen it, you should see it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. 110%. Yes. So, you've got 10 more seconds to stop listening to this episode. Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about Fight Club now, so please turn it off. Soylent Green is people. Yes. Fight Club was, uh, we've talked about it many times on this podcast because it is probably my all-time favorite movie. Uh, I saw it at a much younger age than I should have, or I at least saw bits and pieces of it uh, before I should have. Um, But it is very much uh, a special movie to me because it was kind of the first time that, number one, I came into contact with someone who I think of as an auteur, as a director. And number two, it was the first time that I could notice the writing and the cleverness of the movie and have it blow me away. Um, And it's kind of the first step. I think I talked about on my last keyframes how Steve Zissou, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, is kind of the point, like, the point that was like, I can talk about movies critically. Like that was the awakening of that fight club was the seed of the, it was the inception of that in my mind. And the movie, like this movie is so good that it turned me into a film critic is kind of the way that I see it. Um, but really beyond that, I don't know how much more that I have to say as to why I picked it as a keyframe. So before I get to my actual thoughts, uh, Tim, Okay. What did you think about rewatching Fight Club? I like the keyframes because I'm not a big rewatcher. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this since it came out. And in my head, it's one of those movies where now um, the overrated gets slung at it sometimes. Yep. On this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> directly at me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how I had it in my head. Mm-hmm. And I always lumped the, and I know I've seen other people do this too. I lumped this and Scarface together. Okay. As, as far as I don't know, movie posters on the dorm room wall. Movie of, posters on the dorm room wall yeah. of of movies that are completely misinterpreted for what they're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I am very I'm happy we watch this. Um, because I remember liking it yeah. when I when I first saw it, but then like in my head I kept going, oh, do I like it that much? Like. And everybody else is like, oh, it's so great, yeah, dude. The you, fight scenes are great. You, do you know the first rule of Fight Club? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like a meatloaf? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love meatloaf. Meatloaf is fucking awesome in this movie. Meatloaf is fantastic in this film. <laughs> so, so um, it was nice to still have the same feeling I think I did when I first saw it. I still like it a lot. Um, I, don't, I don't love it. I think it's too long. Okay. I think there's some stuff... I've never read the book. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of other. I've never actually read one of uh, Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk. I can never pronounce. I always call. <laughs> I always always call him Palugnik. <laughs> uh, I I've never actually read his books, but I've seen other movies based on his book. Like yeah. I, Choke is the one I remember. Okay. And I'm not a huge. I like his writing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge huge fan of. How it how it's been portrayed in movies at least I haven't read any of his books so yeah uh, maybe that's not us I'm not I shouldn't judge him that way 
but I this I I still like it. Um, I do. Yeah, I think it's a little long, but I approached it a lot differently. Like, this is this is a flat. It's a black comedy. Yeah. Like, it's 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 just dripping with black humor, and it's funny. It really is. Um, I'm not sure if I would like it as much. If David Fincher didn't direct it, mm-hmm. um, but David Fincher does direct it, so I like it. Um, I think, I think the slickness adds something to the theme of the movie. It's overall. a slick dirtiness. It is, which makes no sense, but that's <laughs> what it is. No, that's what it is. Um, I laughed, I laughed so hard because I had recently watched the first X Men a while, well, a little bit ago. Yeah, I forgot how the much they intro. ripped off the credits of this. <laughs> um, it doesn't he kind of rip them off in Panic Room too? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I can't. He doesn't rip them off. I can't I, you remember. Know. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. Um, Tim's talking about the sequence, the starting sequence of the film that pulls out from the brain. Yep. And yeah. I think what holds me back from loving it and maybe loving Scarf. I don't love Scarface either. I like both of them. Um, I think what holds me back is I almost think they're so slick that they kind of... Um, their message a little lost. Oh yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm not sure if that's the filmmaker filmmaker's part. If I don't want to say it's too smart for people, um, or that's a wrong way to put it. I'm I just can't think of the way to put it. But I just think maybe a little clarity in some areas, yeah. because Scarface, Tony Montana is so much fun to watch that you can see why people gravitate towards him. Mm-hmm. Tyler Durden is so much fun to watch in this yeah. that it almost, he's so good in it that you almost lose the point of the movie, which is what people who idolize Tyler Durden, I think need to like this movie is Chuck Palahniuk. He's a gay man. This is a, this is a movie written by, I, I think that needs to be in the, in people's heads sometimes <laughs> while watching this um, because it's a very, it, it's snarky in some ways too um, yeah. uh, when it comes and I don't much like Scarface. I wonder if the people who um, idolize Tyler Durden stick around to the end of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it, like their spoilers, brain turns off in that last ten minutes. Yeah. You know? I, I Willie and I talked a little bit. I texted like spoilers for Scarface here. So uh, uh, Tony Montana, Tony Montana, uh, he's <laughs> Joe Montana. Um, <laughs> like he. He tries to. He wants to have sex with his sister at the other way, and then he gets blown to bits by gangsters. <laughs> and I think everybody. I don't think people. They must shut it off. They're like, nope. He just got all that money on cocaine. Yep. Um, in the end of this movie, I'll say before we get into spoilers. No, I won't say it. But one, we're we're in spoilers okay. as far as I'm concerned. He chooses the woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he cho- he chooses the woman, and not only that, he um, like that. It's very interesting, and I was trying to watch it to to see that point of like where do the Tyler Durden truthers like get off of the train, right? And and it's so it is so slick, like it. it you you just absolutely you get to the I think the problem is you get to the the trick of the movie you get mm-hmm. to the point where you learn that the narrator or Jack who whatever you want to call Edward Norton's character and Tyler Durden are the same person and that blew their minds so hard that they stopped thinking about the movie right that's that's what happens because that's immediately the point 
where Jack is trying to pick up the pieces and be like, oh, my God, I have created or allowed a psychopath right. to run rampant. Right. Um, and I think, and if you miss that, if you are not paying attention to the detail, if you, if you don't care about Edward Norton at the end of this movie, you've lost it all. Right. Right. And I think, oh, I lost my train. Um, what's so fa- fascinating to me is he is essentially Tyler Durden is a parody of everything that Edward Norton's character like looks for in a man. Yeah. Um, and it's at times it's kind of ludicrous and it's kind of like, wow, like he wants to have sex with Tyler Durden. It seems, <laughs> um, yeah. And there's a lot of that going on and it's really funny to yeah. me that, that some of the people that idolize Tyler Durden, <laughs> I think probably want to have sex with him. Too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a dude I would bang. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have heard that before. <laughs> like in real life. Thank you so much. I <laughs> almost said it about Luke Cage earlier. Uh, so yeah, the fi- <laughs> the fi- last thing I'll say, and I'll pass it out to Willie, is it, the ending is the ending of this movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. And as the as the Pixie song kicks in and the world breaks down around him and he chooses a girl to essentially spend time with I'll yeah say. It, it took him to try and make a relationship to confide it i think that it's so it, it's such a bummer that that is not what we talk about with this movie sometimes because yeah. it's it's really beautiful mm-hmm. so totally willie <clears throat> your thoughts on fight club so okay so fight club is interesting because i discovered seven before fight club mm, okay, okay. I, I will but, report that I discovered Fight Club before seven, seven, and I find that interesting. I think because seven was seven was my first. I saw Alien Three first, technically, but David Fincher wasn't David Fincher, mm-hmm. and fuck that movie. So, <laughs> um, seven was my first David Fincher movie. Yeah, and I like you, and I think a lot of people around you know in our age range discovered David Fincher and said this guy is like like you said, like an auteur. Yeah. Like he's, he's a, he's a director. Mm-hmm. Like he's good. His name is above the title, you know, it's yeah. smaller than the title, but it's there. Yeah. This is David Fincher's. Yeah. Um, and I think the same goes for like a Wes Anderson mm-hmm. or, uh, um, Christopher Nolan. Yep. Or Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. There are certain guys around that time period, but seven for me was the first. Then I saw fight club and I've always liked fight club, which I hope you don't, I didn't ever. No, I, 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 I I've always I, liked Fight I have understood okay, that, okay. but I get very defensive about it. Sure, if anybody it. wants to listen to the history of this, go to episode 28, <laughs> our Star Wars or Star Trek Into Darkness episode. Oh, man. And please listen uh, at uh, 17 minutes and 53 seconds. Wow, you did your research. It is Willie's controversial opinion, Fight Club is overrated. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I guess it now makes sense as to why Alex's tears started on that episode, because you got me into a raw emotional <laughs> I state. You, I hurt your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I always liked Fight Club, but I do remember at the time, and this is probably unfair to the movie, and, and looking at it now, I think it was unfair. I do remember at the time thinking, why isn't this more like Seven? <laughs> <laughs> like, that that movie's way better than this. Like, like this is good, but that movie's, you know, like, and, and, um, and while I still do like Seven better, and, I, and I'm sure I always will, it's just more my kind of thing, um, Fight Club has improved for me in certain ways. Um... Looking at it now and not kind of being surrounded by 
or growing up around people who were obsessed with this movie to not, the point not where, growing up with the people who are in everybody wants some right. <laughs> yeah I, kind of um and people who do weirdly idolize tyler durden and yeah. want to talk about like oh those let's fight, start project start a Mayhem. fight club man let's start a, you know like yeah. that kind of douchebaggy kind of nonsense um which is not what you should take from this movie and i think tim very eloquently stated that fact yeah um so separating myself from that kind of mentality and separating myself just time like just just the length of time it's been since I've seen this movie it has, I think it I think it it does hold up really well and um I still do think to a certain degree it might get I don't know that it gets as much praise as it used to at the time you know what I mean back when it was like the hot thing yeah um so calling it overrated now might not be fair you know, because the, I don't think people the, are sitting around going the over oh, the overrated hype has kind of died out. A yes, little bit. yes. I think there are other movies now that are I would consider overrated that would probably make people gasp. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that right now because <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. But, but you know, um, I used to lump Fight Club in a little bit with like Boondock Saints. Oh yeah, and uh, Donnie Darko is another one that I was talking about. That kind of the movies that everybody was like, it was they were all the buzz in school yeah. and. And I think that maybe some of that was just unfair of me to, to put on the movie. Watching it now... No, because I, I, think, I think that's a very... These are very much movies that when you were in high school, somebody would start talking about and then it would just kind of reverberate through everybody else. Sure. And so it's kind of hard, especially at that time, to not kind of like figure out or figure out where you stand in that crowd of like, okay, am I the guy... Like, there's so many terrible crazy thing terrible crazy awesome things going on in your brain at that point in time where you're just kind of like do i want to be the contrarian do i not want to be the contrarian mm. do i like this as much as i actually do like it's right. yeah so i i don't begrudge you your yes feelings of, of fight club i appreciate that and i was always a little bitter because nobody ever talked about seven in high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everybody was always talking about fight club i fucking watch seven have you seen this thing it'll change your life um but no, I, I, God, everybody's just t- top to bottom is fantastic in this movie. I do have some small issues with the editing sometimes. It's a little too music video for me in, in moments, but mm. I think that's kind of the point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe he's giving off is that, like, kind of spastic, you know, um, he's doing a lot of what Tyler Durden does in, in the cinemas that he plays. He's throwing in weird things and, yes. you know, I, and I think that's cool. Um, and a little bit like the kind of the overproduction of it almost feeds in a little bit to the message of the movie too. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's some very meta moments in here. I mean, there's a moment when Edward Norton might as well be winking at the audience. He says something about like, this is the part in the movie or the change of the, like, you know, like whatever he's, and I'm like, Oh my God, like David Fincher's like telling everybody to settle their brains down for a second. You know, it's cool. It's neat. Um, uh, Brad Pitt's wardrobe in this movie is something that I noticed more this time. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that that's going to come back. You watch, oh, yeah. you give it, give it another five years or so, and, and people are going to be walking around with Tyler Durden jackets, like big puffy, yeah, and goggles. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to happen. Even before he goes through the the haircut, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, no, the, the, whole, the red like the red leather jacket that he has is so sweet, ridiculous. <laughs> And it's super cool. Um, knowing the twist and watching it, I'm like, God, how did I not see this coming? Yep. Which is hilarious. Um, because don't we always do that? You know, like with movies, don't we always go like, how did I not see this? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of, I, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to all watch it together because I kind of want, I was going to ask you guys if you want me to point out the clues that I realize. Yeah, the briefcase is the first one, I think. I think, 
Having the same briefcase. Having the same briefcase is the first one. But there are even some that I picked up on this time that I never did before, essentially, in the fact that there's a scene in the bathroom where uh, Tyler's in the tub and Ed Norton is, like, trimming his, his fingernails. And they're talking about their families. And, like, oh, my father, blah, 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 blah. And, like, Tyler's describing his family and Ed Norton's like, oh, yeah, me too. And I'm like, they're talking about the same people, so yeah. why would they not have the... And so... As I say every time I talk about this movie, there were still things that I hadn't really noticed or put any stock into. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that that's one thing about this this movie, and I think all of Fincher's movies, but this one might be the, mo- the best example of it. Is there's so much effort? The frame is filled to the brim with stuff. Yep. Just just ugly, beautiful. There's just stuff everywhere. Like you could pause this movie at any point and be like, "Look at that wall! Like <laughs> what is going on?" You yeah. know, it's cool. I think that's neat. Um, it reminds me of there's there's a comic book artist named uh, funny enough, uh, David Finch, <laughs> whose panels are filled to the brim with detail that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, but it just I don't know it just it it's mesmerizing. It it's adds just, that context. Uh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I I enjoyed this a lot this time around, and I'm glad we watched it again. It's funny I've been revisiting a lot of movies from um, from this time period. Yeah. and a lot of them I have not seen since the first or maybe second time I had seen them. And uh, it's fun to go back and watch them and see how I feel about them now. Yeah. And um, I'm finding, for the most part, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by my opinions of them now. Um, I still wouldn't say this is my favorite of Fincher's, um, but I, I think it's it's further up there than I realized. Okay. I was kind of. Uh, it's made it over Alien Three. Oh no! It, 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 it <laughs> that it always was. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> It always was, but no. When I when me and Tim talked about it a little bit afterwards, kind of about where we would place this in in our you know respective um, Fincher hierarchies Ranking. rankings, yeah. and um, this one was I think like in third for me, maybe maybe fourth, but that's not that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's I mean, when you got a filmography like his, that's it's impressive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah for me, it's behind Seven and Zodiac, and like that's maybe social network. I think I like this better now than I like social network. I know I have to rewatch social network for yeah. sure. This, this and social network are like tied for third right now with me. I have to rewatch social network now to see. I like the social network a lot too, Yeah, but they're so totally different. No, Fincher. I just, like, just Googled Fincher because I wanted to refresh myself. His filmography is amazing. It's very it's cool. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. He's, he's never gotten boring. No. Um, I think the, the most boring he got was probably the girl with the dragon tattoo. And that's just going to happen yeah. because it's a remake of a movie that's based on a book. You know what I mean? So I got kind of bored during Benjamin Button. Okay, well, Benjamin Button's kind of a well. It, maybe the movie's boring, but, but his, his choice, yeah, his choice of it, gotcha, is yeah. still interesting. I yes. nope, nope, I misunderstood. I think okay. the closest we've gotten to Fincher getting a little, starting to feel a little bit boring is right now, and I only say that because I feel like he's. I feel like he's gobbling up whatever the, was on the bestseller list, and he's like, "Let's make that into a movie." Yeah. And, you know, so I, I I would like for him to not uh, direct one of Oprah's favorite things soon. <laughs> but but I do I do like Fincher quite a bit, and I think that this is just another example and just a stunning record of success for him. Um, maybe not financially all the time, but certainly you know critically. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does next. It'll be he wanted to do that twenty thousand leagues under the sea for like ever. Oh, that, he's one of those. Noto- he's a Del Toro, mm-hmm. like all kinds of stuff on his plate that eventually falls away. But uh, I would like to see him. And I and I I you know what? Too real quick. Just before I I, I want to make sure you get the most words in on this one. But um, I wonder too if maybe my placement of Seven in Zodiac 
it partially above this movie are because of kind of my natural love for the horror genre. And those two are a lot closer in they're not horror movies, but they are certainly have a horror edge to them. Yeah. And they've got that kind of serial killer kind of creepy. It just plays more to what you to enjoy. my tastes. Right. So I, I'm, I'm wondering how much of that is, is it, that's, you know, versus yeah, how much the actual film is that's entirely possible. Yeah, so. so, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a, a couple notes that I, that I took that I kind of just want to run through as I go through. Uh, one thing, I don't know if you guys noticed or uh, you guys don't know, cause I don't think any of you on the Blu-ray, but the 10th anniversary Blu-ray of the movie, when you put it in, starts up as the menu for never been kissed which I think is the movie that it lost the box office to when it came out. Oh, that's really funny. That's amazing. It had an opening weekend of $11 million. And it starts off Never Been Kissed, but then it starts like glitching. Like the, the It starts glitching, and then it cuts to kind of the rotating Ikea room, which then turns into the Paper Street Mansion. It's a very cool and interesting Blu-ray. Do you so have this? I do. We can throw it in I afterwards. I want to see it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty great. Uh, and it's, it's as corny as you can possibly get for the Never Been Kissed thing. So it's 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 really Is it the same studio then that uh, that owns the I mean it would have to be, right? Uh it must be. That's bizarre to me it that must they, be Sony cuz uh, well it's 20th Century Fox. Oh, it's tw- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cuz I remember I remember thinking I was shocked when I when I first popped this in I went, "Holy shit, Fincher made another movie for Fox that yeah, soon exactly. after Alien 3." That was the thing is that he didn't he wasn't sure if he wanted to come back for this movie, but he had a meeting with everybody involved and they were like, "All right, well, I want to do this." Um, but yeah, next up on on my list of notes, the Dust, Dust Brothers soundtrack for this movie is fantastic. It's the first electronica music that I ever really got into. And the thing about it is, as Willie said, this movie has cuts like music videos and the music in this movie is so much more interactive. The score is so much more interactive within this movie than it is in a lot of other movies mm-hmm. that you see. So much so that you are like, okay, I feel like I can visualize the dust brothers watching this movie and planning out how their music because the music plays to cuts in the film Mm -hmm. in many different places and kind of watching it for that this time around i was pretty blown away at some of the things that happened so that's fantastic and also i think i'm going to start this episode with what i always thought of as what would be my baseball entrance if i was a baseball player so if you, if you heard that at the beginning of this episode, imagine me walking out into the baseball stadium and then not being able to hit the ball because I'm terrible at baseball. <laughs> I think pro wrestler as soon as you say it. Okay, okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, this movie defined Helena Bonham Carter for the rest of her life, pretty much. I think before this, she showed up in a lot of other like uh, UK works and stuff she like period that. period piece stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah, but this brought her into Tim Burton's stable. Like it immediately, like that just happened, you know. And I think that's very interesting. And it, Marla's a very interesting character mm-hmm. and very complex and has so much more depth than half of the other crap that Helena Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter does nowadays. But uh, I think it's interesting that that kind of image and feeling has stuck around for her. It's like Tim Burton saw her in this movie and was like, that's the girl I'm yeah. going to marry. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's the one for me. <laughs> uh, a couple of the things that I really like... Uh, there's some really stupid stuff that Tyler does around the house, like, uh, and it's almost kind of a comment on on him being basically just like Jack. Why are you messing around with this garbage? Uh, the point when he's riding around in the house while it's raining on the tricycle, where he's just like wearing a robe and nothing else, 
and then he falls over and you can just see his ass like yeah. clear in the sh- like that that whole sequence is really funny to me and then on top of that the moment where uh marla calls and and jack answers and tyler's just in the back practicing with nunchucks it's like what the hell is he doing <laughs> it's, really it's, good. it's so good um this is a stellar example of adaptation. This is one of the few mo- books that I've actually read. Oh, cool. And it is a fantastic translate. Like, this isn't just they took this bo- movie and put it on film. It is an adaptation in every sense of the word. So much so that Chuck Palahniuk agrees that he likes the movie more than the book. He thinks <laughs> awesome. that the movie improves on his work That's in awesome. almost every way. Uh, especially the endings are very different to the movie and he prefers this one. Uh, does Tim, do you mind hearing the ending of the yep. book? Spoiler for the book. Uh, Tyler dies. I can't remember if he kills himself, but he dies and talks to God. The narrator dies? The narrator, Ty- yeah. Okay. okay. That He dies and then like basically tries to argue with God about how God didn't care about his generation. Mm. Like that's essentially how... So... It's a it's a much more contrived and everything, and I could see how that wouldn't work in like a movie setting necessarily, especially the way that the like the movie does get very surreal, and obviously like the cave moment with the penguin, that stuff right. would have been okay, but I like the ending of this movie is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Like I, no, and it, yeah, the ending of the movie makes the point that the movie's been making the whole time. I absolutely, think. and I yeah. Um. A few other things that I really liked. <laughs> There's the in the sequence where uh, the narrator is learning that he is Tyler, or is uh, like building up the momentum from that sequence is powerful, and so, so much so that it reminds me a lot of like the last ten minutes of John Carter, like because that's something that I've noticed that that stood out to me very much in John Carter but the way that it moves the editing everything that the movie's starting to tell you is moving at such a pace that is just perfect and i really love that but there's especially a moment where he walks into a dry cleaning place in one of the towns and he's trying to like grill the guy for some information about Tyler and the guy's just like i'm not exposed to tell you any of that information and then Tyler's ba- or the narrator's basically just like you're an idiot and then he walks out the door as the guy's telling him I'm gonna have to ask you to leave <laughs> it's it's a beautiful little moment <laughs> um, but absolutely even even when it gets to the point where he's in the bar and the guys in the back are chanting his name is Robert Paulson yeah and the bartender is like the, for some reason, the bartender's defenses are down, and he's not. He hasn't been instructed as heavily by Tyler how to deal with the non-Tyler version of him, and starts telling him, "Like you're Tyler Durden." That reveal, in every single respect, the filmmaking, the music, the acting, all of it is fantastic. Um, and then really, the one other point that I want to drive home is that. By that point in the movie, when you see all of the space monkeys, those are all of the people that love this movie for Tyler Durden. Those people are blindly following Tyler Durden. And they are so stupid. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're even portrayed as being, like, even the, the, the moment where Bob dies, which is... I, I laugh at a lot because, as Tim said, it's a bit of a, a black comedy. Just the way that 
that the narrator is reacting to to these aliens around him and he's basically just like no this guy has a name it's robert paulson and then the one guy's like i get it we all have a name and he's just like tyler's such a demagogue to them that anything that he says is gold that's my that's like my favorite part of the movie yeah is the idea that um all of these people it's all it shits all over the idea of um be like being an, you're an individual like you're a special snowflake yeah because the first people that start claiming that like the most woke people in the world right now are yeah. the first people who will just blindly follow <laughs> someone who just screams very loudly mm-hmm. or someone like tyler durden who's a demagogue yeah. <laughs> like i mean they are the first people that will and i i love the point that it's a be- this is a beautiful <laughs> movie to watch during this election i'll just leave it at that but uh but during this, uh, during this entire era, I'll say too, because I think, yeah, I think there's a lot. This of, is social media. This like. is social media. <laughs> there's a lot of millennials can see themselves yeah. in this movie a lot, and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. I think, and well, we are a Fight Club generation, but it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of bitching, yeah, about this, and a lot of. And a lot of whining. Which is funny because I think the movie wraps it up in that they are Gen Xers and not, I know, it's not so millennials. Funny. So it, like the fact that that's carrying over is <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> You're right. You're, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 So um, I just, I, there's a lot of um, interesting takes on, takes on yeah. what it means to be a man, I think, too. Yeah. Or what. Yeah, I don't know how for if I want to dive into that because I haven't thought about it too much. But I just I think the Tyler Durden character is really funny when it comes to that because yeah. you see a lot of it today. Like we don't know what it takes to be a man. Well, that's kind of like, like the moment then, in the bus yeah. where Ed Norton looks up at the Gucci or whatever, and he's like, "Is that what a man looks like?" Right. And then you just have to laugh at it because you're like, "That's Brad Pitt." Like, right. <laughs> They might as well have just put Brad Pitt in that ad. Right. Maybe it was. Maybe they just shot Brad Pitt and put the Gucci in there. Like what a, but it's... The narrator kind of calls himself on his own shit in that moment. Yep. And, and, and it builds on the idea of... Uh, one of the things Tyler says something like, I'm not sure if another woman is what we need. Right. And so in the end, that ultimate decision to like rectify things with marla and treat her well and realize that he's in a relationship with her yeah is a very beautiful bow to put on top of the story mm-hmm. thank you for so, saying what i was trying to say there you go there you go anyway i'm glad you guys got to watch fight club i'm mm-hmm. sad that nick isn't here because i feel like uh it, i feel like it could have gone one of two ways and and he could have either his views could have softened on it and he could have seen a little bit more of of the like maybe the overratedness like with Willie had kind of like fallen away. He liked it. He liked it a lot and he said that so much in the past, but he feels as though and this is the interesting part of it, he feels as though it's a movie that you grow out of, especially being somebody in the film industry or like working in that kind mm-hmm. of industry. So I wanna know how much he still agrees with that sentiment. I wanna know if he feels as though there's not much to be learned from Fight Club anymore. Uh if, if he's kind of grown up past it. But we'll have to, maybe I can try to talk to him about it on, on episode 200 or something. We'll figure something out. I was going to say, episode 200, you get that, you get Warcraft. There you go. Get it all. It's shaping up to be a big one. <laughs> 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 Do 
But yes. I learned how to be a man last week when I watched Warcraft. Yes, that's true. Oh. That's true. More next week. I learned how to be a mage. Or more more in two weeks. Yeah. Medivh taught you. Yes, Medivh. <laughs> Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. Let me know what you think of Fight Club and whether or not I'm crazy for liking it so much. Um, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. More importantly than all this stuff, Westworld FM. Mm-hmm. Go watch Westworld. Check out our show, Westworld FM, on all of your favorite podcatchers. Uh, and then Horror Movie Your Book is coming. Go and follow them on Twitter right now. Make sure that they got people that they can talk to on Twitter and on Facebook as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, facebook.com slash horror movie yearbook. So that stuff, one I could spell all the way out. Yes. Stuff is um, out there for you to go and join. And as soon as we've got uh, kind of the first episode to show you guys, it'll be available everywhere. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's about it. Two weeks from now, episode 200, which sounds crazy that I'm saying it. The grand but, finale. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Kind of finale. I was going to say, this is, like, this is like the grand finale of like Gilmore Girls. Yeah, where it was like the finale, but we're gonna. But there might some, be some coming like Netflix. later. They're gonna pick us up. Yeah, Netflix yeah. is gonna pick up the Midwest film. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're trying. So tweet at Netflix. You need to pick up this podcast, and they'll be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> anyway, Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.